What if Jadavian Clowney doesn't re-sign with the Cleveland Browns? We will play out that scenario on this episode. Also, defensive line ends and tackles. NFL Combine coming up. We'll talk about that. And, of course, the wide receiver class 2022 at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Locked on Browns brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked on Browns. Make sure you follow in the accounts. Messages are open. Ideas, questions, anything you need. We are here to accommodate you. I want to thank everybody. Next Locked on Browns, their first listen day in, day out. We do truly Appreciate that. Whatever platform you use for your podcast, make sure you're following, subscribed to the Locked On Browns podcast, please. And thank you. As I said, we are going to get into some talk here. Um, we're just going to start maybe getting some potential answers to questions with the NFL Combine next week. As you know, that's when um, a lot of things starting get revealed. A lot of things start to come to surface, come to light about you know interest from teams in particular players, interest from teams in their own particular free agents. So we'll have this coming here in the you know next coming week. But Pete, I do want to play out this scenario. Um, um, as, I'm sorry, Pete Smith in the house from Sports Illustrated, Brown Stodge, just of course. Um, there's a couple things here with Jadavian Clowney, and it I, it's not that to say I'm extremely nervous because I, I think he had a you know he had a nice year here. I think the Browns are totally fine with it. Um, I think Jadavian Clowney loves the way the Browns worked with him as far as, you know, his availability and making sure this is that, you know, he was able to play a ton of games, which has been some issues with Jadavian in the class, in the past. But Pete, with him being this all important domino, as far as, you know, the Browns offseason goes and, you know, where they can lie their interests and, you know, things that they're going to have to do after that. Um, there's some things that certainly, you know, do hurt a little bit. You know, last year he signed, maybe it was a week before the draft, you know, the dalliance was going on in March. Um, Jadavian Clowney is traditionally a late decision type of guy. Um, I know some of you are hung up on the money. I don't think the Browns necessarily are. I think they got exactly what they wanted with, you know, the idea of Clowney and Miles Garrett last year. Of course, for some, maybe you're talking, you know, anywhere from six, seven, eight million dollars more this year. Understandable. Did have nine and a half sacks. Um, so there is that thought process to it. There is a good DN class, and I do want to get to some of those names here. Um, we will get to that in a second, Pete. But, you know, is this a, a huge, huge issue for the Browns? Because there's some big names, Pete, in this free agent class at the edge position. And if they are not, you know, say what is about two and a half weeks' time, if they're not totally in sync with what Jadavian Clowney's wishes are, where do you go from there? Well, I think Jadevian Clowney is really important to what they want to do. Um, and I don't think the free agency offers a ton of great options. I mean, Emmanuel Ogbo would be great. Um, he's not quite as good as Clowney, but he he plays a similar style of football. Obviously, he's familiar with Cleveland. Um, you know, before John Dorsey threw him away for a trade to get Eric Murray. Um, 
<laughs> you know, Chandler Jones, these are these are some of these other options that don't really do a whole lot for me. Clowney's perfect. I mean, they chased after him for two years. Um, last year, it took till, till the middle of April to sign because he had meniscus surgery and he had to wait until he could clear a physical to sign his deal, um, which obviously led to some, you know, a, a less than ideal outcome with Sheldon Richardson um, having to release him sort of when the market was already sort of decided at that point. Uh, but, you know, if you can get Clowney for a one to two year deal, that makes everything pretty sets up everything pretty well. Um, if you don't, then you're suddenly looking at a team with Miles Garrett and nothing else, uh, at least up front. And that's not to say they don't have anybody, but they don't have anybody proven at that point, um, which is part of why this is so significant. Um, uh, you know, I think ultimately Clowney's going to end up here. Um, the things he said he wanted when he came here in the first place, Miles Garrett, uh, money, um, his health, and, you know, just the ability to sort of be utilized in a way that sort of made him feel validated. And he was, uh, you know, in, in a way, in a way, only Jadavian Clowney can say it. He's, he, he seemed to approve of the, the, the job Joe Woods did saying he listens to players that they, you know, they try to, um, you know, he tries to integrate with their, with the, their feedback and stuff like that, which he made it pretty clear was not the case um with the Tennessee Titans um I don't know how true that is but that's that's what he has stated so how many other teams are out there that can give you those things not many so I think for Clowney it really just comes down to if I get my number I'm not I'm, I'm staying here yeah, I, I kind of do agree with that. And but look, I mean, there is some you know, certain pause and hesitation, you know, with this and the way he normally you know conducts his business. You know, not a you know certainly not a, an aggressive guy in that form. You know, will take his time. Um, it's just you know it's who he is. It's always been that way. So you really can't fault him. The whole Tennessee thing. Look, the Tennessee Titans gave him fourteen and a half million dollars and basically got about six quarters of action. I can understand anything on the Tennessee Titans side as far as you know being displeased with the way it worked out. Um, you know, I get it. I do, but the guy doesn't play, doesn't make plays. It's 14 and a half million dollars. I get it. But looking at some of these names now, look, Von Miller, you have to think LA is going to keep everything together. You know, the way it usually goes, going to end up here trying to defend your title. Chandler Jones still got a, a ton of game to him. I just, I don't know how I feel about bringing that in and not necessarily sure Chandler Jones would be looking to come here anyway, but you start to get down here and then Pete, here are the names. And obviously you brought up Emmanuel Agba and for you know, if anybody's ever listened to Pete and I speak, we still believe Emmanuel Agba should be here, um, should have never not been here, should be rotating inside and outside on this defensive line. Oh, we should have been flourished with the Miami Dolphins, now back on the free agent market. Then you get to, you know, the other group of players right around this same spot. And of course, you know, um, you know, Hassan Reddick, uh, you know, he's flashed at times, but I don't know, considerably, you know, truly a defensive end, um, you know, probably more of a stand-up guy in a three-foot, three-four. And then, Pete, there is, and, you know, again, hearing from the Tennessee Titans, good old friends, Mr. Harold Landry. Well, look, I mean, uh, whether it's Hassan Reddick or Harold Landry or some of those guys, like, those players would absolutely fit what the Browns want to do. It's just not at that base end position. The Browns, as you saw with Takaris uh, McKinley, they, they have a – a, a sub package, a way to put that that player on the field on, on the outside and let them rush the passer. Like 
given what we saw with McKinley, like Hassan Riddick would be great here, um, but he's not going to be cheap. Um, and obviously Harold Landry isn't either. And Harold Landry's a great, a, a very productive player, uh, at least in terms of numbers. Um, so the Browns may, I mean, I'm sure Joe Woods can adapt, but um, the, the idea is they, they, they want size, and and they want guys uh, with length up front, and and what they were able to do with that was create that bottleneck uh, to limit the running game to the outside and and limit the, the amount of area quarterbacks had to work. It was really effective when they were able to do that. Um, with just those two guys, they were able to sort of pincer a lot of teams and cause them a lot of problems. Um, that's not necessarily the way it's going to work with some of these other guys, um, which is why I think it's so uh, important for them to do that. Um, but the other part of that is, if, you know, if you do get a guy like Clowney or one of these other guys, you're going to have to fill the whatever hole you didn't get. But the other question is that is if like Miles Garrett's going to start getting his deal, which by the way is still unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to start getting paid $25 million this year. Um, you know, if Clowney gets, let's say 15, that's $40 million in those two players. Like at, at some point you have to go, you know, we have to balance out the cost somewhere. Ultimately, I think the best way to do that is the NFL draft, or maybe there's some, um, th- there's a sort of tier three free agent that's, you know, stands out the right fit. Basically what Tack McKinley was um, that, that can help sort of bolster that group, but, I, but uh, they're not going to be able to sort of just um, sign you know, I, I don't see a scenario where they're going to be able to go out and get, hey, Genevieve Clowney, let's also bring in Hassan Riddick. Well, if you're going to go that second route, that second route is, you know, going to be through the draft. And I, I have no, you know, qualms that that's going to happen. Um, there's no way this team invested that much time chasing after Jadavian Clowney, that much time chasing after Tack McKinley to not basically try to go that route again. Um, you know, McKinley, a little bit different, a little bit smaller, you know, not traditionally what they seem to like um, as far as base defense in their ends. You know, they like them, you know, taller. They like them with a little more weight to them again. So, you know, there is some push and put force advantage to the outside where you have players like JOK, who you drafted to be in that position to make those plays and shut those plays down. Um, just wanted to, you know, play out the scenario. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, come the draft, they have an idea of what's going on here and what Jadavian Clowney's intentions are. Cause you know, he is the major domino as far as this defense. And they've done such a great job putting together a secondary where they are five deep at the cornerback position, minimum two deep at the safety position with players that they like, with a player like MJ Stewart, a free agent as well. Then you talk about the linebacking unit of Taki Taki doing his role as a Sam, JOK, Jacob Phillips. We'll see how it plays out with some of the other linebackers in that room. Um, but, you know, kind of the uh, stir, that the, the straw that stirs the drink, so to speak, is that combination of Clowney and Garrett. And I'm sure the you know the ball is definitely in Jadavian Clowney's court as the Browns would love to continue the tandem of JC and, of course, Mr. Miles Garrett. We're going to get here, start doing some combine prep as the uh, NFL combine will kick off next week. We'll get to that. Pete, uh, Pete Smith with Jeff Lloyd on your latest Locked On Browns. Football may be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both the NBA and college hoops. From all the latest odds, 
totals, player performances, props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So as we get in here, and I will go, I guess we did defensive line. So, you know, as far as free agency, we're going to stick with defensive line here with the draft as well. And Pete, right in the, in the first round area, you look right off the bat and it, there's six names. And, you know, and again, this is spitballing as far as with the thought process of my, if Jadavian Clowney doesn't come back, Jadavian Clowney doesn't come back, 13 is as much possibility as it, for a defensive end as it certainly is for a wide receiver with the Browns need there. You know, uh, you know the top headliners, I mean, and it's a, it's a very, very nice class. There's no way around that. Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, George Karloftis, his name seems to be getting you know, either dropping, but then when it was dropping, now maybe it's getting pumped up a little bit more. Uh, you know, came over from, you know, from Greece, uh, former polo player, of course, David Ajabo, who we've talked about, Jermaine Johnson, Trevon Walker from Georgia. And everybody just seems to think that Trayvon Walker is absolutely going to destroy the combine next week. For most of these guys, Pete, as far as, you know, size and what they were looking for, if it was to be, you know, a base defensive end, who then is part of the nickel and the dime situation, I mean, it seems like most of the boxes are checked here as far as these guys are concerned, that age notwithstanding. Yeah, uh, look, Aiden Hutchinson is phenomenal. Uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is a terrific player. Uh, George Karloftis is, like, drawn up to be a Cleveland Brown if if he's fortunate enough to get that far down. And nothing would make me happier than somebody overdrafting tra- uh Trey, Trey Walker to to let Karloftis slip to the Browns. Um, if <laughs> if you're just sort of like looking at what Karloftis does, he's a big base end. He's 275 pounds. He's like at least listed. I've I've seen six four and a quarter, which would be fine. I don't know how his arms are. Um, some people are questioning his length, but he's extremely fast, um, and he's got a ridiculously powerful lower lower body. Um, and he can crumple people into the backfield. He's still 20. Um, he won't be 21 until April. Um, but if you're just like lining him up against guys that like, uh, who, who he sort of reminds you of Jadevian Clowney, like he is that guy. Um, and, and potentially has the ability to be what Clowney could have been coming out of college, if not for like microfracture knee surgery, um, he is unbelievably suited to play in this defense. Um, and could, you know, if the Browns were, if he one if, if he gets to 13 and I've seen people put him at the end of the first round, which is crazy to me, but, um, if he were to get to 13, if the Browns were to pick him and I'm perfectly happy to do that with Clowney on the team, um, <laughs> he can, he, his his rookie deal would line up exactly with Miles Garrett's extension. Uh, you would have those guys for the length of that that deal. Uh, he has, uh, like like I said, he he's got some inconsistency to work out. There are times where you watch him rush uh, the passer, and it seems like he has no plan, and he's sort of making it up as he goes along, which can be frustrating. But when he's 
when he puts it all together, he's dominant. And um, there's just so much to like about what he does. He's supposedly a good kid off the field, works hard, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, he, he's, he's ideal. And there's some sense to me that, like, if he were to get to 13, it would be – he's not built the same way, but just in terms of, like, how, what that would sort of represent. It would be a little bit like when J.J. Watt went uh, out, out of the top 10. Um, he's just that type of player, and, and his best football could still be ahead of him. There's no doubt about that. I mean, special player, um, you know, Jermaine Johnson, who's been a huge, you know, name as far as senior bowl and, you know, w- what's going to come here from the combine age just doesn't really line up with what the Browns do. I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but until it happens, we've got to assume it's probably not going to happen. Then you get into some other names here, Pete. I know we've talked about Cam Thomas from San Diego state, a player whose game has exponentially grows gr- grown. Uh, in his days down in San Diego, Kingsley and Barre from South Carolina. Everything seems to line up there as far as him. Um, we talked to, you know, Majee Sanders is another player we think, you know, highly of. And then there, it's still deep after that and plenty of names, you know, uh, as far as your players that can help. But, I mean, that, that would be more as, you know, coming in and being more Tack McKinley than essentially, you know, coming in and being the, J- the Jadavian Clowney role. Yeah, which to me is perfect. I mean, if you keep Javian Clowney for a year or two, um, you get that guy that can come in on on obvious passing situations and give you another rusher, giving you three potentially premium rushers, uh, and you have uh, you know sort of a plan for when Clowney leaves. I think that's exactly what you want. There's a different a couple of different ways to do that. If you want. You know, a guy like Karloftis is big enough that he can do all the things Clowney does, but he could also potentially line up, you know, out, outside in a tilt and come off the ball and attack the quarterback versus a guy like uh, David Ajabo, who's built more like Tack McKinley. And a lot of mm-hmm. people are comparing him to Andy Randy Gregory. If you put him on the edge, I mean, like that, that's why it, it makes sense. The same way like Kingsley and Igbara could theoretically – be put on the edge like that. Um, but he could also become that base end, uh, Cam Thomas. Uh, he's the one that's sort of different out of that group with Cam Thomas. You're more likely to move him inside than, than those other guys. Um, and he may be a guy that keeps, uh, Clowney on the edge, but at the same time, he's perfectly capable of lining up as a base end like that, that those are the type of guys that they like. So, by virtue of the defense they, they work and the way they sort of view these personnel, they've got a, a lot of different avenues to go down. But that's why I, I think the, the clowny piece of this is so important because you don't have that versatility as much if he's not in the mix. Once once he's there, then you have all these different ways you can sort of just add toys um, to, 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 you know, rush the pass. You're not going to put – Majai Sanders in there to like play a base end. You're just not going to do that. But given the amount of sub packages you play, if you stop the run on first down and, and get them into second, like 11 or, you know, it's third and seven, suddenly you want guys who are, you want somebody who has athletic enough that they can potentially run after a Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow or so many of these mobile quarterbacks and, getting just big and heavy guys 
limits what you can do. And the Browns recognized this and why why they went from a guy like Adrian Claiborne, who was really good at defeating blocks, but looked like he was running in, in, in sand against some of these guys versus going to Tack McKinley, who was literally there to just run fast and, and put pressure on these guys. Like that's why I think it makes a lot of sense for them to target uh like to me, I think unless they sign somebody else like um, in free agency along with Clowney, that's sort of like that uh, third tier type guy. That's why I think it makes a lot of sense for the Browns to draft two edge rushers. Um, not only because you want to replace that Tack McKinley role, but also because your fourth D end was pretty, pretty underwhelming uh, last year. And you're going to have what amount to be guys on, depending on where they, if it's the first round five years and then, you know, four years of super cheap labor. And if they work like they balance out the cost versus miles Garrett Clowney and whoever else. It's, it's upgrading the room. It's helping the room out financially. It's making the room more athletic, you know, looking at players, you do resign Clowney. Now you're looking for players that you, you know, feel comfortable with rotating in and nickel and dime situations as you've kind of set the blueprint, with your defensive ends on, you know, how they are going to assist in base defense, how they're going to assist, you know, assist and help in run support as far as doing their job and you know where we're funneling ball carriers towards linebackers. I'm going to switch it here uh, a little bit now, the defensive tackle. Now, some of these names, you know, have been quiet, but this happens when you're an underclassman, you know, the seniors get their spotlight through the all-star games. Um, but a player like DeMarvin Leal, who probably can play both ways, which I'm sure has some appeal to the Browns. Jordan Davis from Georgia. I don't see it. I just don't see it as high as he's to fit with the Brown is certainly where he's, you know, being bantied about as far as, you know, being drafted as a top 20 player, you know, Jordan Davis, in my opinion, is kind of a one trick pony. And if he does do his job on first down, he's going to go straight to the bench because you're going to bring in pass rushers. I'm not sure you know where that works. Perry on Winfrey. We've talked about him from Oklahoma, uh, Devontae Wyatt, Georgia, Mathis from Bama. A lot of these guys are going to have age concerns. Travis Jones from Connecticut. This is a player we talked about a lot during the senior bowl week. Really, really like the potential fit here. Uh, Logan Hall from Houston. We've talked about him. He's another guy who's extremely interesting at a size of six foot six, two seventy. Has experience inside and out. Um, so there's a lot of guys here, Pete. And you know, this is going to be something to look at as far as you know where are they at athletically. And hopefully, you know, for the sake of things, a lot of guys give us the time they have as far as going into indianapolis and you know putting in the workout you know another player i like later john ridgeway uh there's chris hinton his father uh yeah chris hinton from michigan long time father was a long time left tackle in this league um but either way you know defensive tackle i mean unless they can find a way to completely solidify this through free agency you know for the browns this is going to be another important one to look at is going to be the workouts of these interior defensive liner linemen yeah jordan davis uh... I'll believe he goes in the first round when it happens. Uh, that's the thing with it. I just if Christian Barmore couldn't go round one, I don't know how you take Jordan Davis round one. At least Christian Barmore did everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, other than supply here, like I, I don't get it. So look, I, I understand he's six six. He's three forty. He's literally the biggest man on the field every time he's on there, and he is. Uh, he is twenty two, uh, and he is he can be impressive uh, and, and show really impressive flashes, but he doesn't play that many snaps. Um, I think I, when I looked at the, something like 55% or something like that, let's say it's 60. Um, I know it's not, I know it's not because Trayvon Walker led at 56%. So go ahead. 
so like that part is and, and by the way that scares the crap a number of things scare the crap out of me with Trayvon Walker but that's why I hope somebody else takes him before the Browns uh, <laughs> in fact I, I think he's gonna end up a Raven just to spite me but uh, <laughs> we know how that one goes <laughs> yeah I mean they, they, they did that with a Adafi away so uh Jordan Davis like if he's sitting there in the second round, I, I, I get like at that point, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I don't know if he'd make it to 44, but uh, that's sort of where I have him pegged. DeMarvin Leal is at least interesting. Now he's not a true defensive tackle. He's a, he's a combo player. Um, he's interesting, wildly inconsistent um, in terms of where he is, but he's also uh, still quite young. He won't be 22 until July. Uh, but he's got really impressive gifts, but it just hasn't really shown itself in terms of like big game competition. Devontae Wyatt is, and unless we're all wrong about this, he's going to be 24 at the end of March. I don't like, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't know how a team takes him in the first round, but I'm rooting for it because it won't be the Browns. Um, you know, Perry and Winfrey is fine. If you're content with the guy who's not going to play the run, that's been the whole Browns problem. So I don't see that really working out uh, unless they really believe that they can get him to improve. Travis Jones is the other nose tackle that fits. Um, And and he may be gone before the Browns have a chance. Like he seems like a guy that falls in the mix between their second and third round pick. And maybe that's a guy you trade up for at the end of the, you know, somewhere at the end of the second round. Um, if, you know, I I think the Browns want to get that done in free agency. So they're not in that position. Um, but Logan Hall, you know, in in his case, I think he's an edge that just happens to be able to kick inside on, on passing downs, which is fine. Um, that, you know, people can list him as a defensive tackle. Obviously that is what he played for Houston, but I think he's more of an edge guy. And then you go down the list, and it's a bunch of guys who are really old or really ineffective. I, you mentioned Chris Hint. He's in the right age bracket. Um, yeah, I don't know how good he is, but at least he's he fits in the age. And then you get into guys like, you know, like Mac- Marquan McCall, who I think might be okay on age, and he's like 350 pounds. Um, you know, if, if you're – Willing to take a guy like that who does have um, weight con- weight concerns, but you're only really picking him to be a you know a, a one or two down player. That type of guy might be of interest this year. Um, that that's sort of the problem you run into, and why I think the Browns are going to put such a, a hardcore press uh, on getting defensive tackle, you know, taken care of. You know, whether that's a DJ Jones, whether that's, you know, uh, Harrison, uh, Harrison, what's his face from, uh, yeah, Phillips from, from the Bills. Uh, you know, if they can get the kid from Cincinnati, BJ Hill, that would be great. Uh, I, frankly, I think they should sign two of those guys. Uh, so if you can find guys in free agency, it, it, it it's going to help out because you really see what is a limited, limited field, uh, uh, in terms of the defensive tackle class, maybe a guy like Jaden Peavy is somebody that's interesting, but like none of these guys were great against the run. I mean, so John Ridgeway, um, not is coming off like a really crappy season. Um, so like 
that's sort of where I'm at. And I'm very curious to see how this goes. Does the NFL scoop up these guys earlier uh, because there are so few of them, or are they still going to sort of wait, let these guys um, fall? Because one of the things that tends to happen is and, and almost on a yearly basis is we overrate the hell out of where teams are going to take nose tackles. Um, and I know I've done this on any number of occasions where I thought a guy was going to go in like the first or second round and then is sitting there in round four. So we'll see what happens with that. Like there are guys that make sense. Like I said, Jordan Davis in round two would be a lot of fun. Uh, Jordan Davis in round one. I, I, I just can't. I, I just don't see it. Um, for a number one, for what he does, a number two, you know, for the you know amount of time he actually plays and, you know, looks to absolutely be a liability as far as, you know, all right, I'm here and, you know, I'll be on the field for passing downs, but, uh, you know, the the intent, the fire just doesn't appear, appear to be there. Plus, there is the question, you know, the Browns have now drafted two defensive tackles, Jordan Elliott, year three. We're not totally positive where we are with a player like Jordan Elliott. Tommy Togi, uh, you know, there were, you know, a, a few, few moments last year in limited playing time where you thought maybe you had something there, but you know, this is something and it's a tough transition. And this is why you get drafts where you don't have a defensive tackle go round one because to have an all around great defensive tackle, you're talking about a player that goes top 15. Um, if there was a player there and, you know, fit in, uh, you know, what the Browns like and as far as age, you know, I'm not saying it wouldn't be, you know, in contention, but, you know, it's it's tough to find that guy and to come in and compete against the Joel Batonios, the Wyatt Tellers of the world from day one. Um, so for the Browns, yeah, let's try to put that one to bed. Uh, before, before late April, let's try to make sure we have no more questions. You know, you want to draft somebody. I mean, you get at least one guy in here who's really good. The opportunity to get a player like Travis Jones, who appears to be the guy that really matches up well. That works, but if you can put this to bed before the draft, that would certainly, you know, be uh, a hoot for the Cleveland Browns front office. We're going to flip it over here. We're going to go to wide receivers as we continue here on your latest Locked On Browns. This is time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you have it, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they are marshmallowy, they are not just a protein bar, they are a treat. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be some of your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs are included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com. Scroll down the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High in protein, low in calories, high in fiber, low in carbs. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to Built. 
com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now we go to the wide receiver position here, Pete. And, you know, as everybody knows, you know, there's some players that are injured, not going to be a part of this. Uh, the two Alabama kids, Jameson Williams, John Mechie, both out with ACL injuries. Uh, of course, Drake London, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything one way or another, but with the broken ankle suffered, I doubt he's going to be ready to work out. Um, obviously, you know, I, a lot of eyes on the Ohio State kids, just, you know, as you're all, you know, Cleveland Browns fans, Ohio State fans usually roll together. So Wilson, Olave, um, Traylon Burks, of course, you know, David Bell, it's been a quiet name and opportunity here for him, maybe to stake a claim. A uh, player I'm really looking forward to and I really like, and Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. You know, all the talk is he's going to be a sub 4-4 runner. Um, you know, then you get to the other guys. I mean, there are a couple of questions here. George Pickens came back late in the year after an injury. Now, we had mentioned John Menchie. I don't know if the Browns are absolutely in a position where they're going to be looking, you know, drafting wide receivers who they maybe are going to have to wait on. That's going to be a tough spot for them. Justin Ross from Clemson. The medicals are going to be huge. Um, I know a player a lot of people have been talking about lately out of Cincinnati. Alec Pierce had a nice showing down in Mobile. You know, War, uh, Wondell Robinson just seems to be a guy who catches it and can run for days. One of Pete's favorites, Khalil Shakur. Um, but a lot of names and a lot of eyes to be had, Pete, on this group here in India at the wide receiver position. I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, special, special talents. And, you know, we're going to get to the officials here. The heights, the weights, are they right? You know, what's the length? What's the hand size? You know, is the rumor speed true to be fact? These are all questions we're going to have with this wide receiver group. Yeah, um, shrinkage season continues, so we're going to see who, <laughs> you know. Uh, they got the kid from South Alabama at the, at, at the Senior Bowl. Um, that That's obviously a big one is to see who's who's just what they are advertised. Um, I'm You know, obviously the, the guys who are likely to try to go put up uh, some numbers are like Garrett Olave. This is like, you know, this is a perfect venue for him. He's a track guy. He should run really fast. Um, you know, it, it, I, I, we'll we'll see how who, who tests what. But like Garrett Wilson should crush agility, things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, there is no shortage of guys who are athletic in this class. Um, from the wide receiver position, there's no shortage of, of speed. There's no shortage of guys who are quick. It, as we've talked about, this is about ice cream flavors. You just pick which one you like. I, I don't expect Drake London to do much. Um, I, I, I have always expected he'd sort of wait till his pro day if he does anything. Um, using the ankle as an excuse, you know, rightly and wrongly, it's an easy way to hide, but it's also a, you know, a legitimate thing if you're you're trying to, you know, sort of perform at, at, at your peak ability. Um, so yeah, I mean the the, the Obviously, a lot of eyes are going to be on Christian Watson. Um, he's so big and and fast. If he can put up a good number, this will be like the seventh time we've counted Christian Watson as fast and big. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, he's probably a top 15 pick. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's any number of these guys who are interesting. Jahan Dotson, I'm kind of hoping he sucks at the combine because – if, if we get to a situation where either the Browns take a, a defensive end in the first round or they take a receiver um, and Jahan Dotson can somehow find his way to 44, I'm that would be pretty good for me. So, um, 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. This could be it's, it's 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 interesting, even though or day how fast these guys were going um, on the field during games, and, and especially those guys who who competed at the uh, Senior Bowl, they put all kinds of tracking technology on them, so they they'll they'll have a little bit of a leg up on that. For me, Jahan Dotson, and I, I, I don't know, everybody just seems so hell-bent on, on this first group of receivers, you know, Wilson, Olave, you know, uh, Traylon Burks, you know, Drake London. For what the Browns like to do and watching Jahan Dotson, he he knows what he is supposed to do. Uh, you know, he closes, you know, eats up, you know, the separation between himself and the defensive back. And then when it is time to make that cut, makes it hard, plants and goes, and he can scoot. There's no question about it for me with Jahan Dotson. Very, very special player. We've kind of seen this, you know, last few years with players, you know, wide receivers, I'm sorry, from Penn State, you know, didn't go as high as they ended up producing in the NFL, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, et cetera. For, but for a player like Jahan Dotson, I, I think he fits here really, really well. I think his speed comes in and you put him in a you know wide receiver, you know, one Donovan Peoples Jones is not slow by any means whatsoever. We know Anthony Schwartz can scoot. You bring in another guy who can kind of match that as far as his overall speed and understanding how to use his speed, how to use his quickness within his route running. I think it's an asset. And you know, with a player like him, I mean, he's had a ton of production at Penn State, so I don't have a question of whether or not you know he comes in and is somebody that can be part of the wide receiver room from day one. Another one for me, interesting, and you know, Pete, he was such a hot name. Then the injury came. You know, I guess it was late spring. You know, got back to play a little bit in the playoffs, but a player like George Pickens, I, I just I, I like the player. I like the player a ton, but it seems really weird with a guy who was absolutely like white hot, maybe, you know, 15, well, I'm sorry, at this point, you know, 13, 14 months ago. And now he's in a spot where not everybody knows exactly what it is or where, how it's going to work out for him. Sure. I mean, he was a, you know, like a lot of Georgia kids, he was a super highly recruited receiver. Uh, and, and you're right. He did sort of vanish off the map a little bit. Um, because of because of injuries he's sustained but the you know the problem with Pickens, i mean that is the problem with pickens and you know even going back to 2020 he only played eight games out of the 10 georgia did uh was productive in those games but if you're going back to like when he had his best season you're going back to 2019 when he was the leading receiver and that's also the year he played the most football so he's certainly talented um he has Good size. He's 6'3", uh, you know, or, or listed at 6'3", anyway. He's about 200 pounds at, at this point. Uh, certainly looks like a like a like like what you'd want in the wide receiver position. So he could be a wild card. Now, do I think the Browns are likely to take that based on sort of what we've seen from them? I, I, I tend to doubt it. But given where some of the holes are in this draft class in terms of like pockets to sort of find a wide receiver um maybe he's a a player that could fit somewhere um you know do, do you like george pickens because he's so much bigger than guys like wendell robinson or sky Moore or you know some of those guys who are more or khalil shakir who you know in shakir's case i don't think he's going to go till probably late day three uh round three early round four but um 
the, the that sort of slot group, those guys who are mostly six foot and under, uh, quicker than fast. Although some of them are, are are pretty pretty fast. What is sort of more valuable to this team right now? Uh, I'm I'm always fascinated by how people sort of say the Browns need more size when Donovan Peoples Jones is a giant. <laughs> Um, you know, obviously a giant wide receiver. Uh, so how how do they play that? Anthony Schwartz isn't small either. Uh, how how do they go from that? You know, that standpoint. Does George Pickett interest him? How how? And, and obviously, all of this is going to come down to the stuff we won't have an answer to. Like if his medical comes out great for them, then that may be of interest to them, even though he didn't play as much as they would have preferred. Um. But at the same time, because he's had a couple injuries, it's he's he's more likely, or at least has a higher possibility of coming, you know, checking red and them being somebody they cross out entirely. So that's obviously the most important part of the combine: medical, Drake London, George Pickens, uh, Jameson Williams. Assuming he shows up, it, it, you know, he may come. I assume he will uh, be there, but. He may wait till the medical recheck, um, given what he's dealing with. Same with John Mechie. Like, uh, how do those guys check out medically for this team? Uh, yeah, and it's it's tough because you know the Browns need instant help at the wide receiver position. And as we talked about, we're not probably, we're not really sure or see an avenue where it's essentially going to come so much in free agency. Um, so you know, and we've had the talks on Jarvis Landry. We'll see how it goes with him. Um, but you know, the Browns look like they're in a you know, in the market for guys who can come in and play right away at the wide receiver position. So some of these guys, as appealing as they are, it, it may be a difficult sell when you're, you know, on the last, you know, year of a contract with your quarterback. You've got, you know, a lot of questions as far as your passing game. You have more questions and you certainly have answers at this point. So all things for the, you know, the Browns to look at and consider, luckily for them, it is a deep class. There is a ton of talent. All of these guys seem to have produced. A lot of them seem to aid, you know, match up age-wise as far as what they're looking for. So the options, they're there. They certainly are there for your Cleveland Browns. Got to a bunch here today, played the scenario of, you know, what if Jadavian Clowney doesn't resign in Cleveland, how that would work as far as free agency. I still on pass rushers in the draft, certainly looking at defensive tackle position in the draft as well. Uh, with that class, and of course, we've gone through you know wide receiver preview for the combine 2022 in Indianapolis. He is Pete Smith from Browns Digest on SI.com. Make sure you check the thing out, everything out over there. Um, of course, make sure you check uh, you know for Pete's sake the podcast. Pete and Nicole pump them out once a week. Get great, great information and content from the two of them over there. So make sure you're subscribed to that show as well. Make sure you're following at Pete Smith. I'm sorry, at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, for myself, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, the show itself at Locked on Browns. Throw follow to the accounts. DMs are always open for questions and thoughts from you loyal listeners. I appreciate you. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked on Browns their first listen day in, day out. And with the, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on ELOB. Let's go Browns.